Hey, you guys, we got to tell you about Brez Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. I like the iCast Fireball mixed flavor, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like dark roast like I do, then try the Critical Dark or the Coo Slayer Mocha Roast. Can't decide what you need for those all-night gaming sessions? Why don't you try one of their specialty sample packs? All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to BrezCoffeeCo.com. That's B-R-E-Z-C-O-F-F-E-E-C-O.com and enter the code NCR at checkout for 10% off your order. Amazing! Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is and you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And, and with us. I'm not Derek. Yeah, no Derek tonight. Um, joining us tonight, um, tonight is usually our community spotlight show for the month, and we were going to have Rampage on tonight. I am the Rampage, aka, or Carlos Longoria, aka, I am the Rampage, uh, was going to join us tonight anyway, but um, Derek had to take the night off because he had an AC. An air-conditioned-related emergency, and uh, if any of you live in the South, you know that no AC could spell death, so he had to... Oh, uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, he had to take the night off, and uh, Rampage is going to fill in for him, so you're uh, you're flying uh, almost solo tonight with just me, so how does it feel? <laughs> Uh, ner- nervous. Uh, no, it, seriously, it's uh, it'll. I think it'll be fine. Think. Yeah, we'll be fine. Um, uh, so I'm excited about it. We were gonna. Uh, Derek was gonna review Kid Chameleon tonight, so uh, we're gonna save that. Oh, for his next show. But what we are gonna review tonight is uh, I've been playing a lot of Bioshock Remastered over the last week, and I know it's not a retro game, but you know it was. <laughs> 15 almost 15 hey! years ago now it was released in 2007 so it's like yeah. eh, we'll we'll stretch it a little bit and make it fit so it's it's the, you know it's the remaster it's you know it's it, it was it was in the aughts so i i, I count it as uh, sort of retro well i think uh that's fair because it was part of a larger story that started you know, yes. way back in the day. So, With, uh, System you know, Shock. Because uh, System Shock. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's same thing. Yeah. And I, I don't have any music for it. So, when we go into the review, we'll have to skip the little music <laughs> intro part. I didn't, I didn't have time to capture it before the show. So, we'll, we'll just roll with it. That's what we do here at the show. We'll roll with it. But, um, but usually we, we start off the show by kind of talking about 
Well, we've been playing this week, and of course I've been playing uh, a lot of Bioshock. I downloaded it on uh, PS Now, um, which uh, yeah, been I've got like the three month PS Now that uh, I think it was Mixmaster got it for me for my birthday. So I've been trying to play all the stuff that I want to play on there, but there's so much I need to play. And um, I saw Bioshock on there. I was like, man, I haven't played that. I played the original on Xbox 360. I uh, played, I think, part two on the PS3. And so I was like, man, I need to go back. And, of course, Bioshock Infinite um, on the 360. I was like, man, I need to go back and play this again because it's such a good game, man. It's so good. You know, you know, I personally had not played the Bioshock series. Um, I've heard a lot about it. You, uh, you know, who hasn't heard of Bioshock? Mm-hmm. But I just never got around to playing it. Now, I did play one that was on the PS3. I did not get a chance to play through it because my PS3 started to die on me. Mm. Um, well, yeah, and, I had... uh, it started to die on me when... It, it started to die on me whenever I had, um, what is it, uh, The Last of Us. And oh, I was yeah, trying yeah. to finish that game. And that's right around when my PS3 started to die. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got to like three quarters of the way to the game, I had to, like, I got to a point where I had to, like, stop because I couldn't go anywhere. And it was like there was nowhere else to go. And if you've played The Last of Us, you it's it's pretty linear it's yeah. not like it's looks like open world but it's very linear yeah so i found out i was did some research online i found out that i had to that it was a that that it was glitches in that game really and it messes with the, the stored game on the hard drive you had to uninstall it keep the save file reinstall the game Ugh. play it again i had to do that 3 times <laughs> to play to finish the game Wow. So, uh, yeah, I my 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 PS3 just started to conk Ugh. out. Like it still works, but yeah. there's some games that, it, especially if it's a large file game, mm-hmm. it just wa- it doesn't want to play it. I can't play. Uh, Jessica bought me uh, the one of the Kingdom Hearts things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. Doesn't even boot. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, back then. I had two Xbox 360s Red Ring on me. Uh, that was, and and then I got rid of the first two. The first time they fixed it for free. The second time I had to pay for it. And then I got, I sold the second one uh, to GameStop, I think, and traded it in for uh, a 360 Elite. And that's what I had until the PS4 came along. So yeah, I don't don't know what was up with that, that console generation with everything breaking. Who knows? Uh, you know, I honestly never owned a 360 series. I n- I've never owned an Xbox until this one that I got off of a, a co-worker that sold it to me for 150 bucks. I bought a 1S that had barely been touched. Yeah. So that's the only Xbox that I've actually really owned. Like, I, I, I will explain. I had the original giant Xbox. For two weeks, I bought it from a friend that wanted to buy the 360. So he was trying to sell his old Xbox. And he was like, here, I'll sell it to you for 25 bucks. Do you want this? And I said, sure. So I bought it for $25. Mm. 
modded it immediately to play retro game. <laughs> and then a coworker was fo- found out that I was modding it, and she was like, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Okay. <laughs> <Nice old profit. laughs> so I had it for like two weeks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was like, all right, here you go. But I love the three. So I never really got to play it. I'm, the 360 was great, man. I loved that console. Uh, and then, of course, I, I didn't never got an Xbox One, so I'm really leaning towards getting an Xbox this go around. But like I said, I usually wait a year for you know to work all the glitches out before I get yeah. a new console. And we're coming up on a year at the end of the year, and I... Game Pass just sounds sounds int- it's very intriguing the game pass well i will uh tell you this it is in my opinion very much worth it i did not like the idea of paying every month mm-hmm. for something you know that i was like why would i pay to pl- to be able to play online when sony lets you pay one fee and you can play online, and they give you these free games, and this and that, you know, whatever. So that's why I kind of had an aversion to Xbox for as long as I did, because I did not like the idea of paying a monthly subscription yeah. for to play some games. But and, think about and then, how much money you're going to save in the long run if you're, you know, if you buy yeah. two games a year, and you just have those two games. That's as much as you're going to pay in a year for Game Pass, and you get everything basically. Well, what I what I do have now, what I went with, well, I went originally with the just the regular Game Pass. Now I went upgraded to Game Pass Ultimate, so I can play on my PC, I can play on my mm-hmm. phone, and stream it on my phone, and I can just play it with a controller on my phone if I go <laughs> somewhere, and I can still play the games. That's awesome. So it's so fantastic. It's really cool. Yeah. And I don't think so Sony has it. an answer for it this this generation. I think they're gonna lose this generation. You know, uh, I know uh, Sony does have the remote play thing, but it's, in my experience, it does not let you do it on data on your phone. Yeah. Xbox does. Xbox is like, all right, you want to use your data, go ahead, you know. Well, but uh, Sony, you but, have to have a Wi-Fi connection of some kind. And from what I hear, the Game Pass Ultimate, I mean, you can play it on a Mac, you can play it on anything, and from what I hear... A lot of reviews, uh, podcasters that I listen to and stuff say it plays great wherever you want to play it. I'm like, this is, this might be worth the money to be able to play it because I I'm a Mac owner. Oh yeah, my, my computers are Macs and it's hard to get games for the Mac because I do you know I do a lot of art, do podcasts yeah. and stuff like that. So I use Macs for all that because it makes everything more streamlined than a PC. I pay for it, but I get what I pay for when it comes to those things, but they're not gaming machines. So if I can use something, like say I get an Xbox Series X or S, whatever, and then I have my, I go out of town with my my, my MacBook Pro laptop, I can play Xbox games on, you know, Microsoft games on my Mac. Like that's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I think what it is is uh, I'm not really 100% sure. I don't. I haven't bothered. Honestly, I hadn't looked up the thing for the Mac. But I uh, I know now what it is is they they recently introduced where you can just play through the browser. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that well, that's and, what they, uh, that's what they've been that, doing that, is playing so, through the browser. So that's how you, yeah. So yeah, so that's how you do it. You play through the browser, and it doesn't even matter. Like your mm-hmm. machine doesn't have to have top tier specs. Yeah. it just has to be good enough to respond quickly. And <laughs> exactly, it's, so it's fantastic. Yeah, as long as you, it's, from what I hear, as long as you have a basically just a functioning computer, you can use it. Like it, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good, and I'm very interested to try it out. But yes, yeah, I don't know. Microsoft is kind of sounds like they they know what the future of gaming is, and they're they're sprinting towards it. Yeah, I wish Nintendo would get on board. Oh yeah, <laughs> but we're gonna talk about that in just a bit. Yeah, well, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> but you ready to go into the news for tonight? Surely. Let's go. Ah, uh, why are you not playing? <laughs> for cooperating soundboard <laughs> uh but this one oh this guy here this 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 email come from a guy called i am the rampage oh, that guy <laughs> oh what a jerk i bet yeah. he sounds like a jerk <laughs> it's from gamesradar.com robocop rogue city <laughs> brings the crime fighting cyborg to the realm of first person shooters uh robocop rogue city is a new first person shooter coming to pc and consoles in 2023 Publisher Nacon announced a surprising game during its July 6th showcase. The reveal trailer opens with a, what they're assuming is a drone's eye view of Detroit, a city so crime-infested that hoodlums and ne'er-do-wells have apparently made off with the damn ground, leaving only a foggy abyss, like we're back in Never Saw Spider-Man. Um, let's see, the reveal is a whopping 49 seconds long with exactly zero seconds of gameplay and two seconds of RoboCop himself or at least his pistol-packing and admittedly quite awesome legs. So in case there was ever any doubt from the release date alone, this project is clearly in development. (gasps) Details are thin on the ground, too. All we know is that RoboCop Rogue City will be some sort of first-person shooter and is planned for consoles, presumably including the PS5 and Xbox Series X, given the 2023 release date. Um, I am 100% on board for a RoboCop first-person shooter. Like, that just sounds like gaming heaven to me. You know, I have been waiting for that. It surprised me when when the new RoboCop, you know, that's a whole other issue, but (laughs) when they did the new RoboCop, it surprised me that they did not make a new game to go with it, except for on mobile. On mobile, they did a game... Mm -hmm. But it wasn't very well done. It was all right. It wasn't bad. But, you know, um, I do I do know that there was one. I think there was, wasn't there one for, like, Xbox, uh, a RoboCop game not long ago? Um, like, uh, was it for 360 or was it? I don't remember. I don't remember. I know there was the RoboCop I, games but back I know in the there day. Was a, like, there was the, the arcade game. There was the one for the regular Nintendo, like, the old oh, arcade stuff. was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember a RoboCop game. I think we're lagging a little bit. Let me change our uh, thing here. Let me go central. There we go. I think we're caught up again now. All right, let me look at RoboCop video game. Uh, It says 2014. Yeah, there was a RoboCop uh, in 2014. Um... Tie-in game only available 
I think it's only available on iOS. Uh, I'm not sure. Hold on. Hmm. I don't know. I did, this see. is a weird old uh, article. Xbox. Oh, this was for the original Xbox. Uh, uh, in 2003. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I see that one. Uh, there was a side-scrolling platform form game released from mobile phones. Uh, it's based on the 1987 film in 2004. Um, Robocop 2014 is a free-to-play shooter game developed and published by Glue Mobile for iOS and Android. I never even heard of this. Yeah, that's one I played. Huh. I did play that one. Was it, it was okay. Um, but it was it, based off the new movie? It was kind of like... Yes, Ugh. it was based off the new movie. Uh, you kind of... It was kind of like you were behind you. It was third person, oh, yeah. but it wasn't for real third person. It was a semi-static screen. It was like you were in a small area. You were always behind cover. Oh, okay. Uh, and then you would, like, swipe to move to the next cover, and that's kind of how you did, and then you would just, like, tap, and, you know, it wasn't, like, a first-person shooter game and like that. It was just a swipe over here and get cover behind this car and then move to this side, and then, you know, uh, it was limited, but it was it was decent. It wasn't a terrible game. It just wasn't good game. Yeah, I need old school Peter Weller, big clunky RoboCop, clonking around, shooting yeah. people. Like that's what I want. Give me the old 1987 RoboCop. That's what I need. I need it in my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next story's yours, sir. Alrighty. Uh. uh and this one comes from Armes Jackson. Armes Jackson, I see. Alrighty. And this is on Nintendo Life. It says, a 16mm film from Nintendo's 1974 Wild Gunman arcade cabinet has been found. As highlighted by, was it Kate? At Kate Willert? Will, Will. I'm not really Will-ert. sure. Willert. I'm not sure Will- that name. Willert? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of. Yeah, that's all. It's like it threw me off. Uh, on Twitter, Ben Salove, uh, it says, uh, has managed to uncover two reels of 16mm film that were originally part of Nintendo's Wild Gunman arcade cabinet from 1974. While Nintendo uh, console gamers will probably be more familiar with the NES port of the light gun shooter or the version that Marty McFly plays in Back to the Future 2, which is, that's the only thing that, uh, honestly, I never (laughs) played Wild Gunman. I I hear Wild Gunman, I think, Back to the Future 2. Yeah. Uh, the original arcade game was created by Gunpei Yokoi and used the 16mm projector to display the various gunslingers you were drawing against. Interestingly, the arcade game uh, came to the US in a joint venture between Nintendo and Sega. That's wow. weird. You can read all... Yeah, I know. That's uh, You never hear about that. Uh-huh. I mean, I, you wouldn't hear about that. Well, I guess you would hear it now because Sonic is on Nintendo. So, yeah, but at know. that time, no. That's, at that time, there was no way that... That's really surprising. Uh, you can read all about this unlikely collaboration in a Wild Gunman piece we wrote a few years ago. Obviously, film stock is fragile stuff, and any surviving prints from the original coin-op are pr- approaching 50 years old now. Wow. Wow. Uh, however, uh, Salove is in possession of two of the eight reels, as shown below. And they have some images, which are 
interesting uh, to see. Yeah, it's it's um, weird because I never played this version of Wild Gunman. The only ones that I, I remember was I the, the the one like you said in Back to the Future Two, um, which was basically the same yeah. game as what was on the NES. Yeah. Which I played that one. I actually have a copy of yeah, that. Yeah, the pixel art. But I don't. I never played this original one with like the live action people. I know. I, it it looks so interesting. You know, this reminds me of. You ever play that uh, time traveler? Yes. Uh, fake hologram game. I oh, you know what I'm talking about. I can't think of the name. It's like time time something. But, what was it called? Yeah, I, but we they had that, about the cowboy in ago. there. Yeah, I, y'all sure did. I, but I don't remember the name of it now. <laughs> I don't remember the name of that. But, yeah. uh, but the article uh, finishing off here it says, uh, if you're wondering how light how a light gun can interact with the film stock, your huh. opponent's eyes flash, as you see above, just before they draw. If you're fast enough to pull the trigger, you'll see them fall to the ground. Otherwise, they'll stay standing and you'll be brown dead. Yeah, brown I don't bread. Know what that means. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what that means. I don't brown either. bread. Uh, there's no word just yet on the exact plans for the film, but uh, Salve, the cinema photographer, is a specialist in this area. So we'll be keeping an eye on plans for this fascinating piece for Nintendo's arcade history. Uh, so I get. It sounds like they're doing the the same. Uh, like that was. It wasn't that how they did the light gun for the uh, mm-hmm. NES. Like it was a blank screen, and wherever the dot was, that's kind of where the mm-hmm. lens captured. And I guess they kind of used the same thing. It's sort of the same concept, because like when you're, it, it's really difficult to describe how the light gun worked. Because like you said, it was like if you're playing Duck Hunt. There's like a little light square yeah. in the middle of the duck, which when you press the button on the, the zapper, it would, if you're pointed at that square, it would register the light and the light gun. And that would then, you know, it like cause it to, you'd be able to like shoot the duck or whatever. So I guess this sort of worked the same way. It just kind of got right. perfected the closer they got to the actual like NES. But it seems like yeah. this stuff needs to be like, like this. Uh, I would think like this film stock needs to be put in like the, uh, the uh, national film archives or something like that. Yeah, you know what's surprising to me is that this says that it's from 1974. I didn't realize that they had light gun games in 1974. I didn't either. You know, that's crazy. Like this is older than me. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, older than me too. That's it's interesting though. Yeah, I just I did not know that they had light gun games. I didn't 70. either. Um, this one's from Armes Jackson as well. This is from uh, NintendoEverything.com. Uh, Nintendo working on increasing the appeal of Switch Online to make it even more fun and convenient to play. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online has been going for three years strong, <laughs> seeing the introduction of classic games on the console. New titles like Tetris 99 and opportunities to try out certain titles through game trials. Um, President Shintaro Furukawa was asked about a membership option at a higher price tier with upgraded services during Nintendo's annual general meeting of shareholders last week. 
He spoke more broadly about plans, noting how the company is working on increasing the appeal of Switch Online to make it even more fun and convenient to play. Um, he said, Nintendo started the Nintendo Switch Online service in September 2018. Uh, people with memberships can play games, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's see. For Nintendo Switch Online, it's important not only to increase the number of new members, but also to encourage existing members to continue using the service. So we are working on increasing the appeal of the service to make it even more fun and convenient to play with Nintendo Switch. They have to. I mean, Nintendo Japan has to realize that yeah. online gaming is the future, and they have to get with the program. They have to make that online service worth it. They have to make the, the store uh, better to deal with that store. The online store is a mess. It is an absolute mess. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm not going to hold my breath, but <laughs> I don't mind paying another 20 to $30, you know, a year pay, uh, paying 20 now for what we got. But if it's goes up to 40 or $50 yeah. a year to get a better experience, I'll, I'll do it. Like, Nintendo just doesn't want our money. I'll agree. I think currently for what you do get, it is worth the 20 bucks a year. It It's easily worth more than that um, for just the NES and SNES library that you get yeah. instantly. Uh, you know, on top of being able to play, you know, online some of the other games and whatnot. Um, I do hope that they add GBA games and, you know, uh, other consoles and things, uh, I think would only benefit Nintendo, mm -hmm. uh, especially <laughs> since there's we're, we're, we've reached a point, I think, that the GBA is an old system. Uh, these new kids that are playing video games now never played a GBA. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole uh, introducing a whole library of games to a new crowd. Why wouldn't you want them to keep making money off of something that you already own, you know? It's yeah. uh, more money. So I that <clears throat> that's the thing, you know, if they put the Game Boy Advance library on there, um not just the Game Boy Advance, just the Game Boy the entirety of the Game Boy library on there. Uh, you know, game, yeah. GameCube games, like just people will pay, you know, monthly or, you know, $50 or even like $100 a year or $60 a year to, to access that stuff. Like that's, that's money in your yeah. pocket, Nintendo, and you have the perfect system to do that. So get on it. Yeah. Uh, next one's you. Yeah. Alrighty. And. Uh, there we go. Uh, after months of Switch Pro rumors, Nintendo officially unveils the Nintendo Switch OLED model. Uh, after years, <laughs> after years of rumors and speculation, this is just this has been uh, it's been something in the making. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after years of rumors and speculation, Nintendo has finally lifted the lid on its revised and upgraded Switch system, introducing. The Nintendo Switch OLED model launching in Oct uh, on October 8th, the same day as Metroid Dread. Mm -hmm. 
which I am excited for. Me too. The new system will feature the larger 7-inch OLED screen. The standard console has a 6.2-inch LCD screen, a new wider kickstand, enhanced audio through a new built-in speakers, a LAN port in the dock, and 64 gigs of internal storage, double the 32 gigs of the standard model. It also comes in a fetching new color variant, as you see above, which is white and black, which does look good. I do like the, the color. It does look However, cool. it seems to have fallen, uh, have fallen short of the hype surrounding the rumored Switch Pro offering a 720p image on its screen and a 1080 image when docked played on TV. Nintendo has confirmed that the CPU and RAM remain unchanged when compared to the original Switch model. Uh, Nintendo has confirmed the Switch OLED price of $349.99 in North America, with UK pricing expected to be around $309. So, me and Wally had quite the back and forth on Twitter <laughs> about this the other day. Yeah. And I realized there's a lot of people, like, and it says right here, uh, where did it say? Um, uh, where is it? Let's see. Uh, Falling short of the hype. Isn't that kind of our fault that we expected more than what it was doing? Because here's the thing. Nintendo is not... Uh, at this point... <laughs> here's the thing. This, this is not new for Nintendo. Like, I heard a good comparison the other day. Like, this incremental upgrade is sort of like going from the having a 3DS... To the what was the other one they had the 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 2ds to, or the 3ds to the uh, 2ds yeah 2ds to a 3ds or whatever like it's not <clears throat> it's not a new console it's not um a not a half step it's just an incremental upgrade because Nintendo has been known to do this yeah and. I feel like people are are giving them a hard time about it, and really all it is is this is I, this is you know we're we're halfway through the console life of the console at this point. This is for the people who haven't gotten on board yeah. yet, or the people that bought a Nintendo Switch Lite because they couldn't get the regular Switch last year when they sold out. So they're gonna say, oh, well, I'm gonna go ahead and get this. And this is an upgrade. And that's who this is for. If you're not on board with Nintendo, this and you're not going to buy a Nintendo Switch, this is not for you. <laughs> so I don't understand why people are so angry so, at Nintendo about this. You know what makes me angry? <laughs> is that I bought a Switch V2 the day before! <laughs> but here's the thing. But it's you're all not fine. Gonna, you're you not know, gonna in all honesty, I, it, the, the difference, really. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the thing. Is, is There's no difference. Now, I, I like the color scheme. It's, it's cool looking. But honestly, it, if, if you think about it, that's gonna get dirty really fast, uh, yeah. especially if uh, you tend to snack while you eat while you play Switch. It's <laughs> gonna Cheeto get dust. Cheeto dust on there, and it's gonna never come off because yeah. it's white. 
so yeah, I, I'm kind. I'm I'm glad we we got the one that we got. Honestly, I, yeah, it's not going to make much difference. Uh, my my argument is it's got an OLED screen that's fantastic. It'll help with the battery life. That's mm. a good thing. But in all honesty, I'm ninety percent of the time I'm going to be playing it docked anyway. Mm. So the battery isn't a concern of mine. And the, as far as the Ethernet port goes. Uh, that's a good thing if they decide to finally get things straight with their uh, online service. Yeah, and that could be a reason for that. And not only that, yeah, it, yeah, it's for people doing, um, you know, like uh, uh, what uh, uh, smash tournaments, things of that mm-hmm. nature. So unless you're a, a you know you really you're really into smash tournaments and stuff like it's not really uh, it's for that is what it's for. Yeah. Um yeah. but uh, you know I personally I would have loved to see you know some a, a much bigger upgrade but honestly I can wait until the next new console from Nintendo comes out cuz I'm perfectly happy with the Switch I have now. I play it undocked probably 90% of the time and when the battery runs out I just I either go dock it for I stop playing and go dock it to charge it up for a little while or I'll pull out the you know the 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 plug and just plug it in and play for a while because usually I'm playing like on the couch while I'm watching tv or you know laying in bed so and the screen looks fine to me like uh, yeah I there I don't think there's you're going to really notice a difference between the LED and the OLED. No. I mean, no, unless... I, I don't. Like, a, like, we're, like you said, it, this there, is... There's going to be people that are going to be like, you can see, you can yeah. see this, this pixel right right <laughs> there. This pixel yeah. doesn't show up on the other... Okay, whatever. But like I said, it's this fine. is for the people, basically, like, this is to extend the life of the Switch a little bit. This sure. is... This is not to entice people who already have a Switch to get a new one. This is yeah. for the people coming in now going, oh, I'm just going to pay $50 more and get the good screen with the better battery life. Why not? Yeah, and I can understand that. Honestly, if if it, <laughs> if it I had not purchased the one <laughs> the day before, yeah. I may have gone with this one, maybe. But, uh, you know, because it's it was, sli- it was slightly... Larger screen, better screen, all that stuff. But, you know, having the Switch at the house, uh, because I had a Switch Lite for the longest time. I actually still have it. I'm probably just going to sell it, get rid of it, whatever. Because uh, we really didn't play it much. Because I didn't realize how small the Switch Lite <laughs> was compared to the real Switch. I had a friend of mine that had his Switch here, and I was like, yeah, I'll just get the light because that's all I could get because the, all the switches are gone. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I found a light. Let me buy the light. And so Jessica bought it for me, thinking, yeah, well, we'll do fine with it. Oh, man, I just could not. It was, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting old. Yeah. I'm just too old to hold the little, the little switch. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, a lot better with the with the uh, even with the slide in what is it the control deal yeah it's a a lot better experience see Uh, i I love my original switch uh you know i it's 
to me it's you know it's it's it fits the hands nice it's beefy you know it's got some weight to it i don't feel like i'm gonna break it just by holding it so i'm happy with it till the next console comes out i'm in no hurry to to upgrade to anything new at the moment i agree uh, for our next story, this is comes from SegaBits.com. Sonic Boom Season 2 Blu-ray announced, releasing September 2021. Uh, Amazon listings for Sonic Boom Season 2 Blu-ray and Sonic Boom Season 2 Volume 2 DVD have appeared, making the full series available to own on physical media. Both releases will be available September 21st. Uh, Sonic Boom, the TV series, was part of a multimedia branch of the Sonic franchise, which consisted of video games, toys, and comics. Boom was a total reboot with a new canon and unique characters in addition to drastically redesigned and reimagined characters from the Sonic franchise. Um, Did you ever watch this? I I was interested to see if uh, Derek had watched this. You know, I have not. I... I... Didn't ever hear like I, I I got two conflicting. I do have friends that have watched it. Mm-hmm. Some say yeah, it's a good decent show. Some are like no, it's dumb. Knuckles is made to be stupid, and you know it's it's. A, I didn't. So I just had not watched it. Um, just honestly, just never got around to it. It was it wasn't a matter of that I did had no interest in it because I do like the Sonic franchise. Yeah, and I loved the uh old Sonic cartoon. Yeah. I actually enjoyed both of them. I enjoyed the... What was it? The one with Sally Acorn. Uh, what was it? Just it, I think it was just called Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Uh, They're the, all the confusing because there's so many yeah, different ones. The other ones. one was like Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. I think the kids one. But I, I definitely like the, uh, the, the more edgy one a little bit better. I never saw any of the other series. Um, I didn't see the Sonic X series. Um... Though I heard good things about it, I just had not watched it. I had, I just, it was just one of those things I just never got around to. Yeah, I never even knew this was a thing. I mean, this ran from 2014 to 2017 and had 104 episodes. Wow. I, and it wasn't even on my radar till I saw this. And, um, I honestly didn't realize it's been that long. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm interested to see what the new series they're working on is going to be like. Um, cause it, they, we talked about it in the, the new segment It was last week or week before, and they had some, uh, some stuff had leaked from it. Some of the initial art and stuff for it, and it looked really cool. So I'm kind of excited for that. Yeah. Uh, last story is yours, sir. All right. Forever Entertainment, uh, developer behind Panzer Dragoon remake enters publishing deal with Nintendo. Uh, so this is on uh, Sega Bits. It says, Forever Entertainment, who has recently released the first Panzer Dragoon remake, working on the sequel, and are currently working on the House of the Dead remake. Ah, I do like the House of the Dead series. Me too. Has announced that they have signed a publishing deal with Nintendo. Uh, and it says, The board of Forever Entertainment, SA, is informing of having of having signed a material agreement between FE and Nintendo Co. Limited uh, of Japan. On the basis of the agreement, FE will receive a significant financial backing from Nintendo to fulfill a publishing agreement, the purpose of which is to release several titles from FE release schedule on Nintendo Switch. 
The exact release date of each individual titles will be announced in separate report. All right. Well, uh, I'm guessing that's translated some because that sounded a little odd. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> a little weird. I, th- yeah, I think it was translated. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like the Panzer Dragoon series back in the day. I do like yeah, so I that's interesting the... that they sign a deal with Nintendo because Panzer Dragoon yeah. would be a cool game to remake for the Switch. Definitely uh, would be very neat. Uh, very interesting to see how they would remake it because it was interesting then. I had a Saturn uh, back mm-hmm. in the day, and and that was one of the ones that I enjoyed. Um, it was just a fun game. Yeah, but, it, was, um, it was a different kind of shooter. Like there wasn't yeah. really any other games out there like that. No. So I'm 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 very interested in this. And like I said, it's it's weird that because I, I when I think Panzer Dragoon, I mean that's just you know that's a Sega title, and yeah. now that they're I guess rebooting all this old stuff and remaking it and just bringing it to Nintendo is like I'm I'm okay with that. Like bring all this stuff back. Yeah, that's what I say. Just bring all the stuff. It doesn't matter anymore. At this point, I mean, there's no there's no reason for rivalry or holding at this point. Exactly. Um, I th- we're running a little bit late tonight, uh, sure. so um, I think we're going to save the m- this month in video game history till next week. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. And before we go into our review for tonight, I have some shout-outs I got to do. Uh, these are our patrons for this month. Uh, we have Axeblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. Mixmaster, Han Solo, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Tyler Watson, Brandon Rutledge, Gus and Penny, and, of course, Matthew Salmon. Uh, Carlos Longoria is joining us here on the show tonight. Um, we did have, um, I think there was an update to Patreon, so if you're a Patreon su- uh, subscriber and your payment didn't go through, you might want to go check your Patreon account. For this month, and uh, make sure all of your uh, billing stuff is still correct. Um, and all you new patrons, if you're a new patrons, send us your social media info either on Twitter, Facebook, email, or on Patreon so we can give you your proper social media shout-outs. And if you keep us above that $50 level every month, we do those commentary tracks that you guys like so much. Um, last month we did, uh, what did we do? We did uh, DuckTales. And yeah. uh, real Ghostbusters. Real so Ghostbusters. That, that was a fun episode. Those are always fun to do. And uh, I think coming up in October, we're talking about we're we, we're gonna we were gonna do uh, Ghostbusters last month, the movie. I was like, that's mm-hmm. a perfect October uh, movie to do. So we're gonna save that for October this year. So if you want to get early access to the episodes. Um, or actually uh, add free versions of the episodes. You want to get in on those Patreon polls we put up there, which I have one up there right now. Um, you can go vote on. Uh, you want to be a part of all this, go head over to uh, patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And, of course, tonight I'm going to be talking about, I don't have the music because we did a little <laughs> last-minute switcheroo, but uh, tonight I'm going to be talking about Bioshock and... Um, uh, let's see. Bioshock, I know, is not necessarily like we said earlier. It's not necessarily uh retro, but I feel like it's kind of on that cusp <laughs> because it did. It was released in two thousand seven, and uh, it was a first person shooter game developed by Two K Boston and Two K Australia. It was published by Two K Games. It was the first game in the Bioshock series, and 
Car- Carlos is uh, holding it up to the camera there. He's got the remaster right there for the uh, PC. Uh, it was originally developed by Irrational's creative lead, Ken Levine, who, if you don't know that name, he was kind of a rock star uh, game name in the gaming industry, you know, in the, uh, the last 25 years or so. Um, it, it maybe even longer than that. Uh, it incorporates ideas by 20th century dystopian and utopian thinkers such as Ayn Rand, George Orwell, and Aldous Huxley, as well as historical, historical figures such as John D. Rockefeller and Walt Disney. Uh, it is it is a spiritual successor to the System Shock series, which um, which was uh, one of uh, the from the Irrational team, including Levine, who had worked on previously. Um, it's set in 1960. It starts off your you don't know who you are. Um, you start off uh, there's a plane crash, and you're out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and you see this lighthouse. Uh, you swim towards the lighthouse and you get into this elevator and you go down the elevator into this underwater city called Rapture. And basically the city was created by, who was the guy's name in the game? Uh, what's his name? Um, let me try to find it here. Let's see the plot. Go down the survivor. Jack Ryan. Uh, his name's Jack Ryan, and he was sort of a Ayn Rand type of uh, genius, uh, bil- like uh, <laughs> billionaire, I guess. Yeah. Basically, what he wanted to do was escape the government controls and basically build this underwater city so there were no moral codes or anything, so people could develop. Uh, science, like uh, DNA, uh, research DNA and DNA altering thing, like basically do science without any sort of like moral quandaries, like scientists could do whatever they wanted to do in this city of the future. Well, as you may have suspected, shit went wrong. <laughs> and Of course it did. Yeah, so you get down to Rapture and it's Basically, looks abandoned. Uh, you have uh, a guy in your ear, like a radio, telling you where you need to go, what you need to do. Uh, and you slowly get parts of the story as you go through. Um, you collect these little uh, tape decks and you listen to the parts of the story. Um, you have these things, these people called splicers who go through uh, are sort of uh, genetically engineered people who are on the hunt for what's called Adam, which Adam is what gives you basically superpowers in the game, like uh, fire or electricity, which you could shoot out of your hands. And the way they get Adam is either killing other people who have it, um, and they take it from you, or there are these little girls running around the city. Um, I forgot what they're called. Um... I'm trying to look it up here. There's a lot of notes in this game. So there's uh, yeah, like little sisters or something. Yeah, little sisters. That's what they're called. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're called little sisters and they're genetically altered little girls, basically like four or five year old girls. And they go around the city collecting Adam from dead bodies, but they also have Adam within themselves. 
and they're protected by the scariest characters <laughs> in any video game, the big daddies. And I don't know if you've ever, I remember the first time I ever played this game and I came across a big daddy and had to fight him. That was, and still is to this day, one of the most tense video game moments you can ever have is fighting a big daddy. I have not encountered one yet. I, I need to install this on my computer. Um, when I, the, the one game that I did play that was on the PlayStation 3, I only got to play it for a little while, and I installed it just long enough and played it just long enough to get past, like, you know, the introductory and everything. That was pretty much it. So I have very little experience with Bioshock, but it looks awesome. Um, and Jessica's in the chat room, and she said uh, she has a topic for my first crime podcast, the story of Kara, <laughs> who went missing in the mall of Louisiana. I tell her I want to talk to her about that. I've never heard of this, so it sounds interesting. Very much so, yeah. Uh, but back to Bio She's very much into that. Oh, yeah. Uh, back to Bioshock. Uh, the thing that I love most about this game is the atmosphere in the game. Yeah. It's very tense, and just the way everything looks in this game. It has that sort of 1940s, like, noir look to everything. And it's just, it like, it totally just immerses you in that world. And that's what makes it so scary, is it's very Metroid-like, where you are utterly alone. In yeah. this place, you don't know what's going on. You're slowly getting parts of the story, and basically, you like have to just make your way through this weird alien, but sort of familiar place, and get to the end. Basically, and it's it it has those RPG elements that I like where. You you know you slowly um, you know, upgrade your character. You go through the game, and there are vending machines throughout the game that you can buy things, but you can hack them to uh, to make things cheaper. And I, you know, I go through the game every time I come across a uh, a vending machine, I hack it just so if I ever have to backtrack through there really fast and buy something. I just want it to already be hacked so I can just get stuff for, like, if I need bullets, I can go buy some bullets really fast. Because this is one of those games where you're going to go through a lot of bullets, especially against big daddies. When you fight a big daddy, you need to basically have every single one of your guns filled to the brim with uh, um, ammunition because you're going to use every bit of it on a big daddy. So... Uh, let me ask you this. So are the big daddies like bosses throughout the game kind of thing? Kind of, because to upgrade yourself, um, you have to fight a big daddy and defeat a big daddy because they're the protectors of the little sisters. Okay. And when you take down a big daddy, the little sister is sort of like, no, don't touch me, blah, blah, blah. Like, get away from me. And you have a choice. You can either harvest her for her Adam, or you can rescue her, which you don't get as much Adam, 
but you if you rescue all the little the the little sisters you get a bigger bonus at the end of the uh at at toward at the end like you get a different ending for the little the little sisters also you get sometimes they'll leave you um uh presents like in various places so and you use the atom to basically upgrade yourself to get um new abilities new uh cuz like you can go through and get like you know uh telekinesis you can get uh, uh you know incinerate uh, electrocute all kind of different uh like change your dna basically to use these yeah. powers throughout the game so it's sort of like it's a moral quandary <laughs> when yeah, when yeah. you're you're either like okay well I can get all the atom right now out of this little girl or I can save her and not get as much but it'll be better in the long run so it's either you know it's one of those kind of uh, kind of choices you have to make throughout the game yeah uh and that even sounds like it would they made it tough because it's it's not like you're rewarded uh necessarily for saving them. It it sounds more like well you're not going to get as much and you're not going to be able to upgrade as quickly and you know it, mm-hmm. so it makes it a tougher decision I think. And I think that's an interesting choice for the you know because that is part of that, you know, moral quandary I think. Uh I will agree with you though from what I did see and from what I did play I enjoy the atmosphere mm. a lot um and i love the music the old 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 music style mm-hmm. uh you know it was it's just the interesting you know whenever you had the little thing and you know you just uh but um it it reminds me a lot of uh what is it the fallout series yeah. is uh you know that it's it's set in like back in the day kind yeah. <laughs> of feel but it's future at the same time and you're just like so it's a it's a very interesting mix yeah it's like how a, they do it's that. like a retro future dystopia yeah there you go yeah <laughs> that's exactly what it is and the, uh, the thing i like about the game is it's not slow and plotting you move relatively quickly throughout the oh, game and um you know there's a lot of jump scares in it like you'll you hear, like, especially if you're playing with, like, headphones or something, like, you'll hear the splicers coming, like, you'll hear them talking or, like, coming at you, and, like, you turn around, and they're, like, right there jumping at you, and you're just like, ah! And you scream. <laughs> but, man, there's nothing scarier than when you enter a room and you hear, boom, boom, and they make, <laughs> the big daddies make noises like whales. Like, the, you hear oh, that. That clump, that loud clump like, of their feet, and you hear, and you're like, oh crap! <laughs> like I gotta fight this thing now. So it's just, oh man. And you go through. You can loot everything in the game, like garbage cans, and you know, there's so much loot in this game to find everywhere. Like you come across bodies, you can loot. You loot, loot everything basically. And um, you find cash, which you use in the vending machines. Um, and it's just its a very satisfying experience. And the remaster is well worth checking out if you never played Bioshock. There, it's 
damn near a perfect shooter RPG type of game. I'm definitely excited to give it a try. Uh, I uh, picked this up not long ago, and um, I'm excited to try it. You know, I've been wanting to try it for quite some time, and you know, why not? Uh, it says it contains both licensed music and an original score. Uh, the licensed music from the 1930s, 40s, and 50s can, can be heard playing on phonograph throughout Rapture. Uh, in total, 30 licensed songs can be heard throughout the game. Original score was composed by Gary Scheiman. He composed his pieces to blend with the chosen licensed music as to keep the same feel while also trying to bring out something that was eerie, frightening, and at times beautiful to mesh well with Rapture's environments. And it's cool because... It has that weird, like, you know, 1930s phonograph music. Like, you walk into a room and you hear, wow, 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 that old type music. It, it yeah. just adds to the atmosphere of Rapture. So, I can't say much bad about this game because I thought I was going to go back and play it. And, you know, it would be like going back and playing some of the PS2 stuff. Like, you think it's better than it is, but. Yeah. I went back and I was like, man, this game still like could have come out now. Like it looks great, it plays. Like I wish all shooters played as smoothly as BioShock does. Like there was so much just care went into this game from the the, the play the, the the controls, the the environment, the art style, the storytelling just the the sounds of the game are just amazing and i wish they were still making bioshock games i mean i know the last one was uh infinite which came out like what 2012 or 13 14 somewhere around there uh um, yeah it was a few years ago and it was great don't and i played it all the way through i had it for xbox 360 I just wish they would keep making them. Like I would, I would play a Bioshock game every time they released one. Uh, twenty thirteen. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, uh, yeah twenty thirteen. Yeah. Uh, and I think they're all remastered at this point. You can get the remastered collection. Yeah. But it's so like if you're into just like just atmospheric games, like if you love. Um, uh, you know the anything like like if you're a, a fan of Metroid, uh, like uh, just that type of just for that first person shooter type of game where there's like RPG elements and just an atmospheric game that gives you quite a few jump scares and where like just coming across a big daddy, you like literally have to press pause and breathe for a minute because I know I'm going to die 15 times. <laughs> and one of the things I like about this game is there's no permadeath. That's, I was about to ask you if there was, uh, if lives were an issue uh, or if it was just like start from the last checkpoint kind of thing. Sort of. They have these things called Vita Chambers that uh. are basically, they're everywhere basically. Like each time you walk into a new area, there's a Vita Chamber there. So if you die you respawn at that Vita chamber. So you have a chance to like maybe run across, 
you know, uh, go back and run and get stuff out of the vending machine if you need, or you know, uh, just whatever you need to do. Like, it's not hard to find your way around. There's a pretty good map system in the game. Another thing, cool thing the game does is that there's a little arrow um, that pop, when you have a, an objective, an arrow oh, pops good. up on the screen to tell you where you need to go. Because Rapture is a pretty huge city. And it would be very easy to get lost. So I think mm-hmm. when they were probably originally testing this game, they were like, yeah, you're going to get lost here if you don't have some sort of something telling you where to go. So luckily, you know, they were smart enough to put in that little arrow to tell you where you needed to go when you're hunting down objectives. Those. I definitely appreciate those arrows that tell you where to go. I, I've never been much of go explore and find that your way out i there's a limit to that for me and uh as long as it's somewhat and i don't want it to be hold handy or anything yeah. like all the way i just want a basic oh uh, this way that way somewhere okay mm-hmm. and then you know just lead me just point me in the right direction yeah and let me do the rest you know, and that's what I want. Now I was gonna ask you. Uh, so when you when you die, do you lose your gear or? Nope. Oh You're, wow! Well, you wow. spawn with everything you died with. <laughs> well, well, sounds uh, sounds uh, pretty good. And pretty um, good. yeah, I, and like you said about the whole handholdy thing, it's it it's one of those games that like like gives you the knowledge of what you need to do, like mm-hmm. not a tu- not in a tutorial way, but just sort of like. Hey, you've got this power. Here's how you use it, and it'll pop up on screen. Use the left trigger to, you know, use your power, and it's very intuitive. Like everything about this game is intuitive. And I've been—I was playing uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Yeah. First five hours of that game is just tutorial, basically, and like I'm—it was, oh, it started to aggravate me. I'm just like, just let me go and figure it out as I go. <laughs> I don't need to be handheld the whole time. So really, the only thing that's handholdy about Bioshock is you'll get lost if you don't have this arrow. So we're going to give you an arrow to to guide you where you need to go. And it's it's not aggravating. It's just like, oh, okay, I need to go here. Go down these stairs. All right, uh, now got to go back this way. So we're just going to follow the arrow. And you don't have to memorize where you are. You just kind of... You sort of memorize where you are by just going and doing things and not, you know, being like, all right, I got to check the map now. Where am I at? What floor am I on? That's aggravating to me. Just like you said, just yeah. kind of tell me where to go. Like, Give me a little little push where I little, need to go. A little nudge. Yeah. Yeah. Nudge me in the right direction and I'll do the rest. Thank you. But like That's I said, I it's it's damn near a perfect shooter if if that's what you're into. Uh, and Jessica said the same thing. She hates that in games. Don't tell me how to do it because I'm going to forget. Yeah, just just show you how to do it like as the game goes. Like, yeah. And then just kind of let you go and know how to do things. Like, I don't need to be handheld for five hours. Like, just let That's me do the thing. That's overkill, it sounds like. That's yeah. overkill. But I really can't say anything bad about this game. Um, so I have, I finished it, I think all the way through twice. I originally played it 
on the 360. Then I played it again on the uh, PlayStation 3 because I played two. I got I originally had where they released one and two together on the PlayStation 3. So that's where I played one and two was on the PlayStation 3, and then I played Infinite on back on the Xbox 360. Uh, and this time I'm playing the the remaster on PS4, which is on it's on the PS Now um, app on PlayStation. I love this game uh, so much. Like I, it's it still looks good. It plays good. It sounds good. It's atmospheric. I have to give this game a solid ten out of ten because there's nothing wow. wrong with this game at all. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, I really can't wait to to actually give it a try. I'll have to get it installed on my PC now that I have a PC that works decently and, you know, it's it, it's actually a, a a fairly good gaming machine, so, you know, shouldn't have any problems uh, yeah. running it, so... I think you're really well, going to enjoy it. I, I think anybody that goes back and has never played this before will be pleasantly surprised if they go back and, and check this game out. Uh, especially you can get the remaster edition and it looks like a game that was released yesterday. Like it is it Ooh. holds up like crazy. Probably one of the top 5 best games released in, you know, the early 2000s, I would say. Especially wow. on that console generation, the Xbox 360 and PS3, easily one of the best games ever released for those systems. Right, because like you were saying, like some of the some of those older games, the PS3, especially PS2, I loved my PS. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic for its day. But going back, and I still own mine. But when you go back, and you know, once in a while, you'll be like, "Hey, man, I, I want to play this again." You know, I have this game here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw it in there, and you load it up, and you just look at it, you know, <laughs> and you're just, and it loads and you look and you just and you get that look on your face and you're yeah. just like this was better you know but it was good at the time <laughs> it was good at the time it was sort of like but, having uh, a it's sort of like eating a like a quarter pounder or a big mac like and you haven't yeah. had one in a while and you're just dreaming about it you're like man i could really use a big mac and then you go back and you go get one and you bite into it and you're just like Ugh, this is eh. not as good as I remember it. I mean, it's, it's I'll eat it's it, but I'm not going to enjoy it. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like that. But yeah, yeah that's, I can, uh, yeah. <laughs> I could imagine. But, uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. Uh, Rampage, thank you so much for, for joining me on the show tonight. I'm glad you were here to, to take over the duties for, for Mr. Derek Diamond. Um, and he's not going to be here next week either. Wally's going to be here next week because <laughs> next week was another uh, home stand for him with the the Blue Wahoos. So Wally yeah. will be here next week, and then Derek will be back the week after. So you will see him again. He's not he's not quitting the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, thank well, you, thank I, you for thank being you for here. having me. I uh, definitely enjoyed myself. Uh, anytime, anytime. Tell everybody I where they can uh, where they can find you, especially on Twitch. Uh, actually, well, I mostly post my things on Twitter, so I guess my Twitter would be the best place because when I do record something or if I stream something, it, I'm going to put it on Twitter anyway. Yeah. So they can find me on Twitter at I am the Rampage and the number one. So I am the Rampage one. 
Fantastic. Thank you again for joining us. And uh, go over, for me, go go check out my other podcast, the Open Micers Podcast. We had Mr. Jacob Craig on the show last week for Derek. He is my co-host over there on the Open Micers Podcast, at Open Micers on Twitter and uh, Instagram, Open Micers Podcast on Facebook. Uh, we just did a hostful ep- episode earlier tonight, which will be released to the public on Friday, and it is entitled uh, White Trash Cinderella. So I will just leave that to your imagination. <laughs> but it was a fun episode. I can't to do. wait. Uh, we, we talked about <laughs> our favorite stuff we like to do on July 4th and uh, pretty much everything under the sun. So if you like comedy, go check out uh, the Open Micers podcast. And um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Let me play our music here. If you'd like to email us, you can email us all your... Uh, questions and comments and your uh, articles you would like us to read at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com we're at nerdcaveretro.com we're on facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro and on instagram and twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic at derek underscore diamond and of course at i am the rampage uh, go get some merch at ncrmerch.com and if you can't do that, go, don't want to get a t-shirt, you want to support the show, patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Throw us a couple of bucks a month, and it helps out the show, keeps the lights on. And, of course, if you can't do that, times are tough, I understand. Go leave a review. That helps us out a lot, especially on iTunes and wherever you get your show, wherever it's available for free. So, Carlos, do you have a, uh, a sign-off? Uh, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters! <laughs> oh, a fellow chucker, eh? Uh...